Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. The digital revolution is in full swing, and we're digging into it to try to understand what's going on with software companies and the partners that play such a critical role in the ecosystems that drive unique and greater business value for business customers. And a real expert in that field is our friend Bonnie Tinder, who's one of our monthly digital all-stars. Bonnie is the founder and CEO of Raven Intel, a peer review site for software implementations and the partners that help put those together. Bonnie, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to have you. It's the highlight of my month. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, wow. All right. It's a high bar, Bonnie. We better, better <laughs> earn that each time then, I guess. Um, but it is a unique spot that you're in there with Raven Intel and the data that you collect, the peer reviews, the way you put that together. And it sounds like you've sort of formulated a grand plan for how to share some of that insight and hard-earned wisdom that you've come by. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, from spending my entire career in the, really the HTM uh, tech space, um, what I saw was this real need for uh, customers to really be able to make a good decision in the partner that helps make these enterprise software uh, systems go. And so uh, what my company does now, Raven Intel, is look at the effort of partners um, that surround the major enterprise software packages. Um, so we have a really unique perspective in that we get customer feedback around these channel partners and around really the quality of an overall ecosystem as it were. Yeah. Um, Bonnie, so uh, would you, could you give a rough idea, you know, from your experience as a professional overall, and then also with what you're doing at Raven Intel, would you say, is it like uh, for software projects overall, would 80%, 90, 50, what's the percent that involve partners? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, in the enterprise software space, it's upwards of 90%. Um, and, you know, it's a way for a software vendor to really grow and scale their footprint and really focus on, you know, what they're best at, which is developing and maintaining the software while employing partners to really expand their reach and provide professional services that they're not necessarily, um, suited for it. I mean, that's not their core competency, it's software. So all of the, the software, uh, you know, large enterprise software vendors use a channel ecosystem, channel partner ecosystem, and really rely on this extended network so that, you know, as a distribution channel in a lot of cases, um, as, a, you know, a set of innovators who can help extend the value of services and build um, extensions or add-ons uh, to the software and such. Um, you know, there are some software vendors that do all of their own implementation, um, but for the most part, the enterprise, uh, you know, large, large software vendors really rely on this channel network and, you know, probably 90% of implementations are done outside via third party. Okay, okay. And Bonnie, you've put together an impressive list here. Why don't you tell us about uh, your thoughts and, and why that's important? Yeah. So, you know, as software vendors maybe look to create their own partner ecosystem, maybe they're, you know, a small startup and all of a sudden they've, uh, you know, grown and it's time that they need to start looking to third parties for professional services and implementation. 
um, I created a list of the top 10 things that make a thriving partner ecosystem. Um, and these are basically things that we hear from customers um, who have used partners in terms of like, you know, where, where are the strengths of uh, partners and, you know, what makes a good quality partner ecosystem? Right. What I will tell you is that not all software vendors are created equal and their partner ecosystems um, are varied. The way that they manage their partners are varied. Some, you know, are strong, others are, um, when you look at the aggregate, their partner work isn't as solid as let's say their, um, their own vendor ratings. And, you know, I, I came up with my, my quote of the, the month, okay. right? Which sort of relates to this topic, which is you are the average of the top five, five people that you, that you spend time with. Uh -huh. And what I would say is software vendors are the average of their top 20 partners. And the work that partners do is a direct reflection on the vendor themselves. So having a solid ecosystem can make or break a customer experience. So it's really important for these vendors to, to make sure that their partner ecosystems are really a foundational to their overall value prop. So this is uh, quite a list then you've put together, Barney, to, you know, the 10 things that will really uh, to, to look for to create a great partner ecosystem. Um, you must have put a lot of thought and work into that. Well, um, you know, it really is from looking at the data points as we aggregate our, you know, partner data and look at software to software. Um, there's some trends and correlations that, you know, sort of have become really evident um, by looking at things from this bird's eye view that, that we have. Um, so in some ways, um, it, was, it was not difficult to put these together. In other ways, this is really a summary of the last three years of research that we've done collecting from customers. Um, and, Heck, and I that, think, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, Blaine, I was just gonna say, I think you're being shy there about the amount of work that went into it. It sounds like one of those things that, um, unless you've worked real hard for three years, you can never come up with these ideas, but having worked real hard for three years, then say, oh, well, hey, it's obvious it was right there, but it sounds like this is gonna be really valuable for everybody. So uh, what's on the top of your list? And should we think of these in terms of, uh, of importance from top to bottom, or are they a 10 of equal importance? You know, I'll, I'll point out the ones that I think are, are really key ones. And these are not in any particular order, but I, I, will, I will say my first one is a really, important key uh, you know, part of this. And that is they, that a, a software vendor needs a wide range of partners and um, a volume of partners to give customers choice. So that's everybody from a big five to boutiques to you know, the mid-sized firms out there. What a wide range of partners does is it allows customers to be able to have that choice and it creates healthy competition so that customers can get a good deal. When, when, when vendors lock down an ecosystem, um, you know, this idea of a, a small controlled you know, ecosystem that sounds very noble, but at the end of the day, it really also sets price um, you know, and demand at um, a very high level. So um, while they're harder to control, 
you know, partner ecosystems that are wide actually end up benefiting customers in the long run because the customers are able to quickly, you know, have, uh, you know, bring to the table some, you know, five choices rather than two and really get a better deal as a result of that. Um, those partners should also mirror the, the demographics of the customer base as well. So in terms of geography, the industries that are served and the scale, there should, it should be a direct reflection of the type of customers that, you know, that software vendor has. Um, and what I would say is, is so key in this, so key in this, and this is where, where I think some of the major software vendors have missed is that they need to make it easy for customers to know who their partners are, where they play best, as well as show the, the partner's track re record of success. The way things happen today is that, you know, software salespeople too often just walk in a couple of choices and the customer doesn't really get a full look at, you know, everything that's available um, and, you know, has this ability to quickly know what's the track record. Everything is sort of held in a black box today. That's one of the things that I tried to, you know, help solve for with Raven Intel and make it easy for a customer to do that. So I think what's important is the deep and wide range of partners, but also the availability of information, you know, transparently to customers about all of the choices that they have, not just the top two that, you know, sponsored the last, you know, concert at the, um, you know, at the conference. So it's, it's, it's really important. So Bonnie, if, uh, if a customer is just about ready to sign and says to the salesperson, hey, could you recommend a partner I could work with? And the salesperson says, hey, look, I got my brother-in-law, I know him, he's a good guy. He said, I can get him, maybe ask for a few more references, right? Yeah, that's right. And it happens way too often, that whole idea of glad handing. And you know, the partners that bought that guy the last steak dinner, they're gonna, gonna be the ones that you know they're gonna bring in. And it brings me to another one of my time here, which is a level playing field. So not cherry picking the partners for customers based on a name brand or the fact that they paid for top sponsorships, but really allowing us the solid independent players without those same million dollar budgets, the same opportunities to compete for business. Not to say that you know every small customer you're going to bring in alongside the you know the big five if you're in a you know, a massive, you know, jumble type of deal. But on the other hand, there's way too much of the, well, you know, these guys helped me sell the last couple of deals. And so I'm automatically going to bring them in and forget about these other guys that really could probably offer the customer a lot better value and the same, um, if not greater uh, quality of work. Okay. So a level playing field is really important, not showing favoritism based on, you know, sponsorships and things like that. And that's hard to do, but it, 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 in the, in the end, it benefits customers to not have that objectivity. Yeah. I like that. Um, and I think an, another point is, you know, quality of partners who represent and extend the brand of the company. Partners are an integral distribution channel um, and they can make or break the reputation of the software. So back to, you know, the average of your, your top partners are going to represent you. Um, you want to make sure that the quality of partners 
is reflective of your brand and that, you know, you're monitoring their quality over time or their glass door ratings or, you know, making sure the culture is aligned with, you know, the software, software vendor's own culture. Because if those two things are out of sync, the customer experience is going to be only as good as the partner work that's being done. We never see the software vendor rated really well and the partner rated really poorly or the project really rated really poorly. poorly. Those two are intrinsically linked. That's a, that's a great point, Bonnie, about you know, the data never show this disparity like uh, from the customer side saying, ah, geez, you know, I picked the right software vendor, but I picked a bad partner and I won't take that out on the software vendor. It's the, 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 the experience, as you said, is fused. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And, you know, I think it brings me to another point in here is that, you know, in order for partners to really be given, um, you know, a, a fair shake at, at doing what they do best, they need an effective onboarding and training program from the software vendor to make sure that they have the domain expertise to work with that given platform and that they're communicated about changes, whether they're system upgrades or maybe their leadership changes and things like that. Um, you know, a lot of the software vendors have certification programs, which are super important. And certifications are something that customers should be asking about um, because that really provides that, um, you know, sort of credibility that the partner consultants know what they're doing and they've met a minimum threshold of education and experience. So, you know, having that effective onboarding and training program for consultants um, and not having that be also cost prohibitive where it's like a revenue center. Um, so it like takes now and you get all these people who are not certified because it's cost prohibitive. Uh, prohibitive. It should be something that is um, that you know software vendors should want to get as many people certified on their product as possible and make it easy for people to get certified you know given that they go through the education um, you know which is necessary yeah yeah so find that finding that right balance i think it would bonnie that you know this point you just made would reflect uh, either a healthy or an unhealthy outlook or attitude on the part of the vendor toward the partners right like like you said, hey, I've got really good training here. I'm going to charge them a lot of money to go through this certification thing. Well, okay, what about if I get everybody through at a reasonable price, then I'm going to have this force multiplier effect out there, more folks able to, to live up to what I do. So, uh, and, and Bonnie, I think too these days, I've just, uh, I hear more of the big software companies talking about the need to have a great partner ecosystem than ever before. It's, it's, one of the top two or three things that they describe these days. Without a doubt. And, you know, Microsoft has said that for every $1 of software that they sell, partners make nine. So there's a tremendous opportunity in the market for partners to, to really, you know, capitalize on all of this explosive cloud growth and digital transformation action that's happening out there. On the other hand, that partner ecosystem needs to be, you know, you can't just let it sort of grow rampantly um, yeah. without controls or else, you know, again, that's going to, in the long run, end up hurting the software vendor instead yeah. of helping them. Um, and, you know, that brings me to another, another point. So controls, this idea that you're 
as a software vendor, regularly measuring the quality of partner work based upon customer feedback and really from an independent perspective. And um, you know, there's a complaint out there by partners or you know, SIs as they're, they're called that sometimes things are not fair. So they see failed projects from their peers happening. And yet um, you know, they, they say that some partners will go unchecked because they have a big name or they're selling a lot. And um, so you know, I think there needs to be a certain level of transparency and independence in the way that they're measuring quality, um, you know, uh, in terms of service delivery, and you know, show customers and show other partners how is everybody rated, um, because at the end of the day, it is the customer voice is so key to you know making sure that um, you know partner quality stays at an optimal level. And regularly monitoring that is important too, because you see, let's say, a par partners that merge or get acquired, and their quality was once wonderful, and within, you know, six months to a year, all of their people left, and um, now they're it's a whole different ball game. Um, although they continue to, con you know, have that reputation and get the work, you know, sent to them. So it's it's important for regular checks to happen to guard against, you know, this, this inconsistency of, of work and, and quality and, and this whole idea of mergers and acquisitions between partners. I mean, right now there's a ton of that going on. And just because somebody was great, you know, one year doesn't mean that they're going to be great the following year. It's so dependent on the quality of team that they keep in place. Um, well, I mean, I'm it sounds like if there was an independent site somewhere that did a lot of that sort of work, that could be a great resource for people. Do you know of any? Hmm. Uh, I'm thinking of a bird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. It, it, absolutely. So ravenintel.com is does does it really all those things and 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 helps to really you know become an extension of that that control for sure. All right. Hey, Blaine, I want to take a second just to offer a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A game. Well, Bonnie, it's a pretty powerful list so far, and uh, I think it goes to show the extent of what you're describing here. Again, the strategic significance of getting this done right. So uh, I think we're sort of about halfway through of your list of 10. What else do you have for us? Um, so you know, here's another one, and this is a real key one, right? If I could put this, you know, number two or three, I would. So active listening to partner feedback on what is working and what is not, and really ensuring that that feedback reaches those internally that can impact change. I think the partner feedback, because they are so close to the customers, is as valuable as customer feedback, really, and more so in some cases, because they see not just one customer, they, they see a whole breadth of them. 
So this idea of active listening to partner feedback <clears throat> and you know, actively um, you know, asking in partners, you know, what are we doing right? What can we do better, et cetera? Um, and taking that, that feedback to heart is, is big. You know, this idea of communication um, you know, can't be stressed enough. You know, whether it's communication about changes within the software vendor communication, about um, you know new programs and things like that. So a mechanism to really gather this feedback and to communicate effectively to the partner base, I think is um, is really important. So and I've seen a lot of software vendors who have great portals and great you know par partner enablement programs and you know active listening and and um, you know surveys are a big part of that. Yeah. Uh Plenty, you know, it's, it's, it's some people have tried to do it for a while, or at least they put up the pretense of trying to do it, you know, from suggestion boxes in the old days. But I think more and more, right, in the, the days of digital tools and this heightened sense of visibility and transparency, you know, we're all out there. And uh, I, I would think that somebody would really take that counsel to heart there that you're offering, right? Because you this, you, you have a choice, right? You can say, oh, poor me, this company, this other partner always gets more bids or more opportunities than I do. Well, maybe maybe there's favoritism. Maybe you're just not being an effective player. And this, this thing of translating up to the software vendor you're working with, here's the nitty gritty. You might not want to hear it, but this is important. Mm -hmm. Really powerful. And I think it, it, it's important for partners not to be afraid to share that openly as well you know, kind of getting branded the, the squeaky wheel, um, if you will, because sometimes, you know, the, the news is really hard to take in, in some cases. Um, and yet to have that sort of candid, open communication is really how everybody's going to get better. Right. Um, you know, and, and I think another aspect to, you know, a successful ecosystem is um, this idea of uh, co-creation of customer references um, to extend the use, uh, you know, the reach of use cases and go lives. So, so much of the time, um, you know, a software vendor will sell a deal and then wait two years to do the analysis on, okay, so what were the business impacts and things like that. Whereas the partners are living that daily sort of customer experience and have the ability to really showcase like the, the specific use cases, the business impacts, they're the ones in charge of making that go. So this idea of, you know, the, the marketing function within a software vendor, working directly with partners to create those, those customer references, keep those up to date, as well as amplify them out, you know, on social media and things like that. It's really the partners that have almost more credibility than the software vendor themselves because they're in the deal, you know, um, shaping and, and understanding like the business impacts and things like that. So I think, you know, not, you know, to, to really amplify the partner um, and in so doing amplify the software use case as well. Yeah, I love that one. That's great. Because it, it, it uh, allows more focus on, as you said, uh, the level of customer experience that's being generated here. Is it great? Is it not so great? And, um, you know, let, let's understand that as quickly as possible and be able to act on it one way or the other. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. 
um, you know, I think, and I'll, and I'll, I'll use this as my, my last point is the, you know, the other thing I think it's, it's really important to have within a partner ecosystem are partners who are innovative um, and have the ability to build extensions that are relevant um, and desirable to the customer use you know, to, to customers, because those are going to provide a stickiness factor and increase the likelihood that the customer is going to remain a client. If they have all of these extensions that sit on top of that main software, main ERP program, that is going to ensure that they're not going anywhere because that, that those, those extensions become as valuable as the foundational, um, you know, software in some cases. And it allows customers to really um, you know, build on top of, um, you know, the core programs. So I think finding partners who can provide that innovation, you know, and tap into the brand new areas of tech um, that are, you know, in a lot of cases, they're, these smaller startups are on a, a more leading edge than even the software vendors themselves in things like AI and um, machine learning and, you know, um, you know, some of these, these other, um, you know, newer technologies that, that they can, they can bring and extend into the product itself. Yeah. By me, it's, I think, uh, the movie was Jerry Maguire, where the, the one guy says, help me help you. And, uh, right. You know, you want those partners who can come in and, and do more things like that. So it seemed, it would seem to, uh, really behoove the software vendors to pick up those specialists who, like you said, they, they can offer the extensions. They've got particular expertise in AI. They can, do those things that make that customer just feel more happy, more satisfied, and more able to take the full value out of what they're getting. For sure. And I would even go as far as to say it's help me, help you, help me. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? Good. That's, um, it. that's a good way. Well, Bonnie, do you want to call those Tinders 10 tenets or this big chunk of Raven intelligence here? I love I love it. Um so so either way, so, so Tinder's 10 tenants based on Raven data is, is, is how I would say, yeah. And, and Bonnie, will you, will you uh, maybe be posting these somewhere, have them on, on your site? And do you want to tell people where they could see more about that? Absolutely. So in preparation for this session, Bob, I actually sketched these out, put them in a blog post, um, and that is available um, via my LinkedIn. You can look there. That's an easy way to do that and find me on LinkedIn um, or certainly ravenintel.com. It's posted on our blog as well. Great. And Bonnie, I saw that um, through uh, a longtime friend of yours who had been doing some, you know, roughly similar sort of work, uh, passed over to you. You're now, uh, your, your online influence is really soaring here. So you've got connections now with thousands of people, right, that you're helping to guide, again, folks through how do you choose the right sort of partners? How do you choose the right vendor? Where are the numbers? And you've got really a, some exclusive data sets there. So it just seems like the great work you've been doing at Raven Intel, now you've got other uh, additional outlets for sharing that and pulling more ideas in. It's really exciting, yeah. So on, on LinkedIn, I've actually taken over the management for a group that is dedicated to um, peer discussion around um, around enterprise software technologies, but specifically SAP, Workday, Oracle, and other HCM vendors as well. Um, and so
So it is 20,000 members strong, um, you know, from all over the world. And so definitely it's, it's something, you know, if, if HR tech discussion and, you know, sort of industry drivers are your thing, um, please join that group. It's called SAP and Success Factors Workday and Oracle Peer Discussion Group. Oh, that's wonderful, wonderful. Um, Bonnie, any closing thought? You want to wrap a bow on this? Um, what I would say is, you know, the strength of a software vendor's partner ecosystem um, is really the strength of their brand. And to the extent that they can empower their partners to, um, you know, distribute and extend their value, um, effectively, um, that is going to ultimately um, help to build and scale the software vendors business as well. So um, it's so important to, you know, manage and grow and have your partner ecosystem thrive because in the end, it makes you thrive as well. Oh, perfect, Bonnie. And my, my just two cents I'd add from what I heard you say in this discussion here is that, uh, these partners have always been important, right? And uh, over time, right, there's, you know, these mission critical applications, mission critical projects, they're so important there. Uh, so I'm not in any way demeaning the things that are currently being done or have been done in the past, but going forward, these new implementations here can often, they're going to be, you know, the deciding factor between does this company make the move into the digital economy? Can it become this new type of company it needs to be going forward. So the critical nature of some of these transformative projects just is going up. So the, all the power, the importance, the significance of all the things you've described in getting the right partner and knowing how to get the right partner, I think just takes on additional significance here in 2021 and beyond. For sure, for sure. Well, Bonnie, thanks a million. Always great to see you. And uh, I got to I'm going to take another look at the five people I spend time with because I'm worried that I'm dragging their average down. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things like I, I was counting on, you know, who mine are. So I also <laughs> bring our average down. So. Well, Bonnie, thanks a million. Always fun seeing you. And uh, great pointers here today about how to do a more strategic job at, uh, at selecting, identifying, and evaluating these partners. And thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. Hope your summer's off to a great start. And we look forward to seeing you next time.